0: Some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. Never before in the history of sports podcasts have two men brought you opinion and analysis like these two. They speak for a city that's desperate for wins and titles, not whining and travesty. You might not agree with what they have to say, but you'll defend their right to say it. Sports fans across the world, from Chicago, Illinois, this is the Mac and Reed Show.
1: what's happening everybody welcome into another edition of the mac and reed show right here on the barroom network our last show of 2023 here on the barroom network or streaming live on youtube you can watch along comment along uh, as it'll be uh, a wide-ranging show here you can follow us on twitter follow me at 311 mac follow ross at ross reed remember you can get the audio only versions of the show on spotify itunes wherever you get your podcast remember to like subscribe Tell a friend or two and follow at Barroom Network for all the great uh, Bears programming we have, NFL and beyond, Chicago sports and beyond. Hello, Ross, and uh, a Merry New Year to my co-host over here. What's going on, brother?
0: Yeah, happy belated Christmas, happy New Year. It's always that weird time of the the year. We don't know what day it is. The Duke's Mayo Bowl is on in front of me right now. Kids are uh,
1: chugging mayo. The soft-serve yes. machine is, yes, is yes. full of mayo. Uh, how do you feel about mayo? I feel like you're uh, a mayo guy. We've talked um, about this.
0: I'm not a mayo guy, no. But I think, I, I think I'm a bougie mayo guy because somehow aioli <laughs> yeah, a- is okay, even though it's just mayo. Oh,
1: for sure. Yeah, aioli is <laughs> a fire. A little, little chipotle aioli. Put it on anything. Put that shit on anything. You could put it on a shoe. I'd eat it. We've got a lot to get to on the uh, show today as we're talking – bears a 2023 recap the questions that surround this team into next year as they have a a couple games left and until um they got to make some big decisions in the front office and the player personnel and beyond that we will talk about that we'll talk about chicago sports and we'll talk about sports highlights of the past year what to look forward into 2024 as well uh stories that made us scratch our heads stories we couldn't get enough of and again what to look forward into 2024 really wide-ranging show um but yeah let's begin as as we always do ross with the chicago bears coming off uh what a great win against the arizona cardinals you can uh, tell the uh, you know the sarcasm is dripping in my voice at this point but it was a a, a win that they you know, certainly should have gotten in their position, 27-16. Uh, it was a nice game, you know, for those folks who were at a Christmas Eve game on the lakefront, uh, Justin Fields, you know, a, a sort of pedestrian game, again, w- w- as far as the stats go, not even cracking 200 yards, passing, but he ran for a score, threw for a touchdown, and it was a pretty a sound beatdown of the Cardinals who were reeling, um, and they got a lot of questions over on there. Uh, side of the football as well. You know, we saw Khalil Herbert have a nice day on the ground. We saw Cole Kmet have a, a nice day with four catches for 107 yards. Things were were clicking against a bad team and a three and twelve team where the Bears are six and, and nine somehow. Um, it should be better, obviously, with so many close um, calls that they've had this year. You know, you know, not going to dwell on on that game. Um, it seems again to me, just as far as any takeaways that you have from that Cardinals game uh, as far as the Bears are concerned. It, it, it's pretty much the same theme where you see that Justin Fields is able to do a lot for your team as far as running the football and making plays um, and then making some big pass plays when it counts. Uh, it, as far as the scoring as a whole for the offense, it, it really, you know, they took their foot off the gas in that second half and only put up six points after putting up 21 in the first half. So it just... You know, you'd like to see more, especially if this is, you know, the rumor is obviously that we've talked about for weeks now that Justin Fields might his days might be numbered in a Bears uniform, might be playing his last games at Soldier Field, and you want him to ball out more um, for the guy as a as a quarterback and and potentially as your starter next year. We don't know uh, which way you know management is leading at the, that leading at this point. Did this game, you know, Ross, as far as Justin Fields is concerned. Do anything to sway your opinion? My guess is no, but perhaps you'll surprise me.
0: Yeah, it's it's still a no for me. I, I mean, you know, we've talked about this now, you know, a, a bunch of times over the last few weeks, and this essentially was turning into a six to, six to seven, eight game, um, you know, last stand for Justin in a Bears uniform. And, you know, regardless of, you know, I know there are injuries out there. DJ Moore was a little uh, hampered. Obviously, uh, Cole Komet didn't come back after that big half that he had with a knee injury. He's in in jeopardy of missing this Sunday's game as well. But you just can't put up 15 for 27, 170 yards, one touchdown, one interception. And that has been the common theme of Justin's stats uh, throughout his tenure with the Bears. I think it was Dan Weider, actually, uh, from the Chicago Tribune that tweeted out his stats and they're basically what that was on Sunday. And unfortunately, if you do have the number one overall pick, and I have to say emphasis on if, because the Panthers could win another game this Sunday, Trevor Lawrence might not play. He's got a shoulder injury right now. So his, his, you know, is in doubt, but I cannot see the bears still to this moment um, committing to Justin next year when you've got a guy like Caleb Williams sitting there, who's going to be, um, you know, the unquestioned, you know, number one quarterback off the board. But again, the same thing like we saw today with what the Broncos did. It's not personal. This is just business. You have to make a financial decision on Justin Fields sooner than later. You have to potentially pick up that fifth year option and or pay him 40 to 45 million dollars a year. And I just don't see Ryan Poles doing that with a guy that consistently throws for one touchdown, one inception and 170 yards where you can get Caleb Williams, who at the very least would probably match those stats, but he probably will, will elevate from there. But also, he's going to be on a $9 billion contract for the next you know, three to four years before you have to make that decision. And I think that's what ultimately comes down to at the end of the day, that I like Justin a lot. I think that he is a product of a um, of, of failure from the Bears organization to the scheme around him. To the talent that they've put around him, especially last year, uh, Matt for first season, um, but unfortunately, you know this. A lot of this stuff is on him too. Even in that Cardinals game, still is late with middle of the throw field. You know, passes. The interception play should have been a touchdown. on Khalil Herbert, the the ball. You know, you know, placement was off. These are the little things that Ryan Polis is going to look at and say, I just can't justify giving this guy forty to forty-five million dollars a year sooner than later. And I know Mark here has a comment. Listen, you're going to have to, if you pick up next year's option, which you could pick up the, the fifth year option, that's going to be in the 20 to $25 million range. But, you know, Dave Logueta is Justin Fields' agent, very cutthroat agent. He's going to want to come knocking for that, That at least that Daniel, that Daniel Jones contract. That's going to be the, the floor for where Justin Fields is at. I just don't see the Bears doing it. I think they will press the reset button. I think Caleb Williams will be your quarterback next year. Again, barring they still have the first overall pick, and I think they try and flip Justin Fields for maybe a late first, early second-round pick.
1: Well, that's the big argument, too, not keeping Justin Fields, too, is I think, you know, just despite how he finishes out this season, there's still a lot to be said for what his return value could be, and there's still teams out there who would happily take a chance Um, with justin fields and and yes like it's been talked about in the comments repeatedly you don't have to pay him right away there's the possibility that the bears want to franchise him maybe they'll go the route of paying jalen johnson who certainly is playing like he should get a long-term contract and and the scheme of things um but will justin agree to that or hold out you know if he remains with the bears Or, or again do you go ahead and you have so much draft capital just You know, just have kind of a la with the Rams had a few years back. You can remember how they were able to just stockpile draft picks and and rebuild their franchise in L.A. um, Having just moved, and it's a really tough decision. We talk about it repeatedly, but when you see those games against uh, other teams where Justin is able to run and pass with the football, and again you know, limit his mistakes. I get that he's missing some big time throws. It, it really f- feels like, again, why would you want to set yourself back if you're Ryan Poles and company and the McCaskies and who's making these decisions for the Bears set yourself back a few years when you have a pretty competent guy there, at quarterback who, you know, if you, you could say what you want about the offensive line the skill position players obviously some changes need to be made there and some improvements need to be made there bringing in you know Marvin Harrison Jr top t- top notch left tackle uh just more weapons and then obviously on the other side of the football that's important to do that as well but we talk about Luke Getsy repeatedly uh and it it just doesn't seem like this guy is a fit for the Chicago Bears offense going forward and you think that you know if the writing's on the wall for Justin Fields you would want to reset with Luke Getzey as well. I I don't know where you would look. There's a lot of good options out there, coordinators who would probably jump ship um, to come to Chicago at this point. But it is, um, you know, with two games left, it's going to be very tough for Justin Fields to kind of twist that, turn that narrative around, right? I mean, you go, you play Atlanta and then you play Green Bay. Um, You're really going to have to ball out, it seems, to, secure your future with the Chicago Bears. It just feels like he's checked out. Like like you mentioned Ross and, and like folks have mentioned in the um in the comments that he, he feels like he's checked out. You know, he one of the in the viral clips was that he got a question from I don't even remember the reporter's name, but he was saying, you know, the day I get a you know, a, a positive question from you is, is they'll be happy. It just feels like he's over the media. And, and to be fair, you know, for every one of those instances, he he just shoulders all this blame when I think it, it is in as much as it is his fault and he should shoulder the blame as a quarterback. That's like the noble thing to do in, in the sport that it's up to those other 53 guys around you. Those, you know, 22 starters and, and the special teams like in coaching, especially too, where there's a lot of blame to go around. I, I don't think that, you know, again, tying back to this last game and with these two games that left, you know, switching to coaching, coaching Ross, with Matt Aberflus, Uh, here's a guy who could be retained. And you know that these two are not tied to each other in Justin Fields and Matt Aberflus, Um, What do you think he has to do to secure his job going into 2024?
0: Yeah. And, you know, just, you know, one other thing about what you said on Justin, I, I think he also knows that the writing is on the wall. And, you know, Justin's a very smart young man. He knows that heading up to this point it, 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 into the season, he's facing a massive uphill battle to stay in Chicago and you might be right. And he looks like a guy who might be, you know, getting ready to, uh, you know, have his next home somewhere else and, and starting to kind of, you know, mentally put himself in into the situation that he's not going to be in Chicago uh, long-term, you know, within the next year or so. Uh, the biggest thing that scares me about this whole situation is the Bears, um, getting rid of Justin Fields, but retaining Matt Eberflus. Because I think if you do want to bring in a rookie quarterback, a guy like Caleb Williams, one of the worst things that you can do in my opinion is pair him with a defensive head coach who is also basically going into a lame duck situation who quite frankly has, you know, they have played better of late, but he has had tons of flaws throughout his tenure as a Bears coach. And I would hate the idea of, you know, the Bears always do things half-assed. They never can hire the GM that will hire his own head coach, that will bring in his own quarterback. it has got to be in bits and pieces, and one here or there or something like that. You either strip it all down for Ryan Poles, or you stick with continuity. So in my opinion, if you are going to draft Kayla Williams, you 100% need to fire Matt Eberflus and go after a guy like Ben Johnson or another, you know, you know, you got Dave Canellas, who's a hot name right now, Tampa Bay Bucs, uh, offensive coordinator. Pair him with a young, bright offensive mind to mold him and put those two guys together on the same trajectory, on the same path from contracts to year to year to year. Because what you could happen is you could ruin – Kayla Williams, just like you did Justin Fields, by pairing him with a lame duck coach all of a sudden, maybe next year, 2025, he's going on the new head coach and offensive coordinator. He's now learning his new offense. I hate that idea. So if somehow, some way, Matt Eberflus does keep his job the last two games of the year, then I lean towards keeping Justin Fields, honestly, because I don't want Kayla Williams coming into this environment with that head coaching situation. Then I'm all, I'm on I'm I'm in favor of trading down, putting as much talent around him as possible. I, I know Matt Rufus has had a better um, season of late, um, but I can't just like we can't you know forget about you know Justin's mistakes throughout his tenure. I can't forget about Matt Ruffuso's mistakes and the games that they've blown this year, and even the wins that they have is against inferior competition. The Lions game is his only good win as a, as a Bears coach, um, I to me, these are kind of meaningless eight quarters left of football for for this head coaching staff or for this coaching staff. I would press the reset button at the end of the year.
1: I mean, it's a fair point for everything you mentioned. Just think about not just this past year, but just all the close games in Matt Averflus' tenure, which could have went the other way. And, and we could have been singing his praises, uh, you know, as much as you point the finger at Justin Fields and the defense – uh, and both, you know, taking their foot, uh, foots off the pedal. Matt Aberfluous ain't it, man. I, I think, you know, of the two that we've mentioned, Fields and Aberfluous, more likely to stay would be Justin Fields. Um, and, and, and a lot of guys around the league think that the Bears are crazy to even entertain that idea. But you do see that between Drake May and, and Caleb Williams, you have some top-tier talent. And they're different guys than, than Justin Fields. You hope that those guys, if you do draft them, have that impact right away like a CJ Stroud where he has just been balling out, you know, playing for offensive rookie of the year potentially at this point. But, you know, knowing the Bears, it, it'll be tough sledding. If you if you get Caleb Williams, say, and you have a bunch of draft picks around him, you keep DJ Moore, keep most of his offensive line intact and then build around it, um, you know, still looking at the rest of the NFC North, uh, it's got to go through the lines because it looks like they're here to stay for now. And we'll get to that in a little bit um you know D- green bay has jordan love uh, i'm not sure what kirk cousins's future is with minnesota especially that tough you know leg injury acl injury that he suffered that's it's big for a guy his age um even though he was playing really good football until he went down so you look around the division and the nfc as a whole and to that point you know justin fields it just re- he reminds me a lot of jalen hurts and i do think that he's just a, a, a maybe a year away hopefully of having that potential where you see Jalen Hurts, where, and again, going back to the play calling, he's able to run the ball a bit more and ball out and just has a, just a, a great array of talents. And the 49ers, even though they came off that tough loss, if you surround a guy like Justin Fields with an all-pro tight end, with an all-pro running back, with an all-pro wide receiver, I mean, I mean obviously you think he's going to do better. So just with this capital uh, and with the, you know, the cap space that the Bears have going forward, it all does tie back again to that financial issue as much as it is on the on the field for justin fields you don't have to pay him right away so it could be another year of justin fields and seeing if he's worth that long-term contract um but there's a lot of holes in this offense too but.
0: yeah there's there is a lot of holes on this offense we saw it on sunday as soon as guys like you know dj moore and cole Kmet get hurt Then all of a sudden you're leaning on guys like Robert Tunyon and Bayloose Jones has to take snaps and stuff like that. They certainly need more more um, offensive weapons on there. You know, a couple things on that. Um, Number one, you know, going back to the Justin Fields thing. If you don't, in my opinion, if you don't feel comfortable today paying him 40 to 45 million dollars a year because you don't exactly like what you see. Then that to me feels like you're a little bit more out than you're in as a general manager, and I would lean towards resetting the, the QB salary on uh, the rookie salary, you know. And I think that's where Ryan Paul's ultimately will, will shake out. Um, and then the other big part of it is, you know, as we have been seeing with the debate all year. And we see guys like even Trevor Lawrence has been struggling. Justin Herbert is supposed to be a top-five quarterback, and he's going to be on a brand-new head coach again. And we see quarterbacks all over the league that are picked very, very high not do well. And then we see guys like Brock Purdy and and even Lamar Jackson, for that matter. Um, They're they're two of the top-five quarterbacks in the league. Look where Dak Prescott and stuff like like that was at. So my biggest point to this whole conversation is none of us know what the fuck we're talking about. (laughs) Like, we don't know – anything about this there has been no formula in in the nfl you think by now we would have gotten this right and we would have been able to hit consistently on these high picks but we don't nobody in the nfl has gotten this perfectly right and so that's why we keep having these debates so at the end of the day i don't know if kayla williams is going to be better than justin fields i don't know if justin fields is going to be better if you put uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. and Brock Bowers around him or, or Neighbors or any of these other guys. We just have no clue because there is no rhyme or reason to this right now. As Bear fans, we just have to hope that whatever road uh, Ryan Pulse picks, it's the right one. Because if it's not, he's going to be out of a job too. And we are 10 years, you know, falling behind again. And so, this is going to be, you know, this coming up in the next two weeks with the coaching staff first. And then in the months after that, leading into the draft and what to do with Justin versus, you know, Caleb Williams or Drake May and so on and so forth. This is going to be the most important decision. And to me, Chicago Bears franchise, like within the last 30 years, because if they screw this up, it is rock bottom again and they're going to be in a mess situation. So, yeah.
1: We'll see. It ties into, again, the outlook for 2024 and just the Bears' outlook as a whole. I think we, we you know, what where will we be sitting here if we're doing a show here on the Barroom Network? You know, what will this Bears team look like? Will it be, you know, regardless of the personnel, just the culture and, and wins and losses, there's so much that goes into it. I think that, you know, that, that point that you brought up, we don't know what we're talking about. You could be in a Giants position where you just paid Daniel Jones a ton of money. You could be in the 49ers position where at least you have just a phenomenal offense around a guy like Brock Purdy and give yourself a pretty good chance, uh, um, even if it's anybody else in there. You just don't know with these quarterbacks, um, regardless of all the scouting you do, while well, you see, there's a lot of luck to it, right? And um, with Justin Fields, that thing that we haven't even talked about this whole show. He gets hit a lot, man, uh, and he, that is going to, and it's its unfair to an extent, obviously the Bears fan of me sees this shit, but for a running quarterback to see him get hit repeatedly like that, it's just taking, you know, years off his career, I feel like is one of those guys who wants to retire at 30 at this point. Um, that shit will wear on you for sure. But, uh, you know, the outlook for this team, it has to be positive in that you, you have to entrust Ryan Poles and you have to entrust that you have to hit, on it's a numbers game you have to hit on some of these draft picks going forward whether you keep fields or not fine if it's a caleb williams or field situation then you build around them you keep a dj more maybe you get marvin harrison jr and you just whoever's slides in there protection up front um on the offensive line you paid cole Komet, who's playing pretty well at tight end. Um, and outside of that, you know, the, that, defense, I, I feel like the pieces are there. We've obviously every week, I feel like the offense dominates this conversation because of the Justin Fields uncertainty and them not being able to put up points or whatever, but you know, when healthy, it, it looks like it should be as advertised. And now we got Montez sweat back there, brushing the pants passer. If you add a couple other guys on the interior, um, and some depth, you know, in, in, in the secondary as well they could they could turn things around potentially for next year for sure this is again the optimist but you know bears fans have have been more deserving of uh some sort of you know you see again look at what detroit has done and (laughs) and this year compared to last year's finally winning the nfc north um and and how many years 30 years or something ridiculous like that it's been forever So you think it's just got to change at some point, right? But uh, it remains to be seen.
0: And listen, truth be told, you know, they were three games that they should have won away from us not even having this conversation, in my opinion, because if they would have took care of business against the Lions the first time, if they would have won that Denver game like they were supposed to, there's one more game that 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 I'm missing off the top of my head right now that they kind of blew, right, in in the fourth quarter there. Um, then they're basically in the playoff hunt. They're fighting for a six or seven seed. And I think everybody's coming back next year. That's how close this whole situation is. I love Joe's question from up above when he asked about, um, you know, if if I think Ryan Poles will will still draft a QB if Carolina falls to two or three. No, I don't. I I, I do think that this is a – I think at this point this has turned into a Justin Fields – versus Caleb Williams situation. And I think that if they get the first overall pick, I still am on record saying Caleb Williams will be your quarterback next year. But if it's two or three, they are running it back with Justin and probably running it back with Matt Eberflus as well. And um and just building the infrastructure uh around those guys and seeing how both of them perform going into twenty
1: twenty four. Wild. Wild to think about that. Um you know yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: what, I was gonna say too I'm sorry the coach off I mean, no um, go ahead. I was going to say, listen, we haven't even factored in, you know, George McCaskey in any of this. If sure. if the Bears win these last two games of the season and they finish with an over 500 record at home, but then also most importantly, they beat the Packers on the road and they finish with eight wins, I can see ownership stepping in and being like, you know what, these guys are building something here, even though it's similar, it's meaningless because they've got virtually no shot at the playoffs at this point. Um and, and, and I think that they would all move on. Yes, Cliff, I agree. Caleb Williams has looked generational this year, but you know what? A lot of the good quarterbacks in the league right now, the top five guys, also didn't look very generational as well. This goes back to the infrastructure situation. I think, we can, I think don't get me started on Lincoln Riley and, and Cliff Kingsbury, who are the coaches right now in UFC, because I think they're fucking morons. Um and I think Kayla Williams had a lot stacked against him, including one of the worst defenses in college football. So you had to play Yolo ball. Every I watched a lot of Kayla Williams this year. Um, so the infrastructure matters so much with these young quarterbacks, which is going back to that point that I have, we have. There is no rhyme or reason to this right now. We don't know who's going to be good, who's not going to be good. Based on this before, talk to a Jacksonville Jaguars fan today, and I promise you they are panicking right now about Trevor Lawrence in that situation because they thought they could be Super Bowl contenders this year.
1: Well, yeah. And look and you know, in Cincinnati, had a share thing in Joe burrow, uh, you know, obviously it's early on and this is injury. He doesn't have a huge injury history, but again, just goes back to that luck factor. You never know when a guy could tear an ACL like a Kirk cousins. It's been so bad. If this year is indicative of anything, it's that nothing is guaranteed at the quarterback position, regardless of who you have back there. Um, that's why you see Joe Flacco leading the Browns on a charge for the playoffs right now. Um, and Tommy DeVito is, is back and he capitalized on his 15 minutes of fame real quick, uh, when the Giants will eventually just be stuck with Daniel Jones. So you gotta, you gotta feel out because as good as these rookies are, Cliff, that brings up that good point again about Caleb Williams, not being that sure thing, a world beater at number one you have to build around these guys. And it takes that uh, organization. It, it takes a lot with these scouts and Ryan Poles and this board's bears organization to do their homework, to go to the senior bowl and go um, all around the country and see these guys up close and personal. And they know better than we do. You and I Ross that uh, you know what it takes to, to be a part of this 53 man roster that should take them back to the top of the NFC North, if at all possible uh, coming up. So, you know, Looking ahead to 2024, um, we, we there's just a lot of what ifs. Uh, I think the sure things that we talked about are that you know you retain a guy like DJ Moore. We talked about there's there's pieces in the defense. You know you've locked up the tight end, but the big question is at the quarterback and at uh, coaching. And I'm very curious. You know, with writing on the wall with Matt Abravols, it seems you know regardless of the draft order, Ross, I, I don't see Matt Abravols returning. I'm wondering who's Ryan Poles is like, we got to get this guy in here right now. Or the McCaskies think we'll change the culture. And on top of that, um, it's not going to happen next year. They're not going to move next year. But the Bears still don't know what's going to happen if they're going to stay at Soldier Field or not.
0: Yeah, there's a lot to be figured out here. Um, You know, this is where, you know, cynicism kicks in for me as a Bears fan. Yes, sir. I I tend to not trust them making the the right decisions on all this. You know, we're going to hear a lot about Ben Johnson this year. Of course, Lions offensive coordinator. I mentioned Dave Kanellis a couple minutes ago. Um, He's the Tampa Bay Bucs offensive coordinator. He's done an outstanding job with Baker Mayfield in that whole situation there. Mike Evans also is a free agent, hint, hint. Um, Bobby Slowick is the offensive uh, coordinator down in the Texans right now. He was the passing coordinator for um, Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco. See how that Kyle in hand offense carries over throughout the NFL now as Mike McDaniel is having much, much success with another much maligned quarterback coming out of college in, in Tua Tagovailoa, And what they do, they surround him with a good offense and, and, and good talent around him. So that's gonna be very important. I'm with you. I hope that Matt Everflus does not come back, and I hope the Bears are not tricked by these last two games of the season and, and they can see, you know, zoom out and see the entire picture. Then you start looking at what Brad Biggs put in in his notes today about how he sees Matt Reflus still having a very good chance of retaining his job. A lot of other people that are very close to the situation have echoed that as well. And that worries me. That worries me that, again, the Bears are, are going to continue with the same BS status quo that we've seen spinning the hamster wheel for now the better part of 30 years.
1: It's rough, uh, and uh, we we shall see. But two games left, you know, with Atlanta. I I don't know if there's anything you look forward to in a game like this besides jockeying for draft position at this point. I, I think you know what we're looking for more, or looking at more, is Carolina hopefully holding that number one spot down. But you know, if Justin Fields again going back to him and his future, uh, if it's his last game, you know, at Soldier Field as a Bear coming up this. Uh, Sunday, for, you know, against Atlanta on New Year's Eve, then I, I do hope he balls out. It's it's funny, you know, with all these these rumors, I feel like they've linked Justin Fields to Atlanta a lot. Uh, it'd be great to see him, again, ball out, not have that usual Justin Fields day, but throw for a few touchdowns and use his feet, but just, you know, just turn some heads at this point. Um, but we'll see. Atlanta, again, very up and down at this point. It all just goes back to Green Bay, too, in these last two games i i think as far as uh the outlook for 2024 but uh but obviously this is just a a disappointment you know we can move on and transition over to uh the rest of the nfc north and the nfl and you know congratulations to the lions i guess as far as them winning the nfc north Uh, dan campbell and company certainly deserved it uh bears should have been 2-0 against them this year but i digress um You know, the NFL this last week, as far as the um, movers and shakers, it's all dominated by the Ravens, right, Ross, and how they went in and and played a good 49ers team and beat the tar out of them. They, you know, exposed Brock Purdy, perhaps. Uh, Purdy with four interceptions had a real terrible game. Lamar Jackson capitalized on all those turnovers that the defense got for him. You know, that tandem of Patrick Queen, And Roquan Smith is just so insane. And you know, you talk about the great coaches that have longevity around the league. And and John Harbaugh is right at the top of the list for me. One of those guys got the Ravens to 12 and 3 in San Francisco again, 33 to 19. Really just, you know, contained most of those weapons. You know, McCaffrey got his, still got a touchdown, secured that ridiculous parlay for that guy with four hundred and thirty thousand dollars. Good for him. Uh, George Kittle, you know, 126 yards, a lot of a garbage time because Purdy just had to keep throwing at that point. But Ravens just look like that top team of the AFC when uh, everything went wrong on the other side for the Chiefs against the Raiders who uh, beat the Chiefs 20-14 to 14, um, on that tri- Christmas Day game. I do like the timing of this where we had that triple header of, of Christmas Day games and then Christmas Eve had some action as well. Tight game for the Cowboys and the Dolphins, you know, again, jockeying for – playoff position at this point but the dolphins you know of course even more in the spotlight because of hard knocks like they're still making a run um and you know they they got a great coach young coach with mike mcdaniels like we talk about repeatedly you know what else stood out to you in this past week as far as you know looking ahead to the, how we finish out the season and, and playoff picture
0: yeah, I mean, going back to the Raiders, what I love the most about them is they are a well-coached, well-disciplined you know, team. Obviously, Harbaugh has been there for a long time now, so he's got the infrastructure in place. Again, we talk about being lockstep from general manager to head coach to quarterback all the way down. That certainly is what the Ravens have. That's what you have to be envious about as a Bears fan. I, I thought a lot of those – listen, I know there's been a lot of Brock Purdy discourse this week. I watched that game um, a lot. A lot of those were – Pretty fluky interceptions, but the Ravens obviously took advantage. But most importantly is they got points and touchdowns off of those turnovers. That's what you have to do if you want to beat a good football team and you want to win a Super Bowl. So shout out to them. I still think the 49ers are a really, really good football team. I still think they're the best uh, team in the NFC right now, Um, even with that loss. They'll shake it off. They'll, They'll bounce back, you know, especially if you look at Philadelphia, Philadelphia. Um, they, they won that game, but it, it looked very shaky uh, for them. And, and their offense just does not look the same right now uh, since they lost Shane Steichen to the Colts uh, from last year. Um, you know, a couple other things that, that stood out to me. What the hell did Pittsburgh take? Why did they take so long to, to start Mason Rudolph? Um, when when they had you know they kept you know trotting Mr. Trubisky out there who was looked awful they looked like a completely different team last week with him underneath the helm so you know they're still fighting for their playoff lives right now and then you know you talked about it Miami I, Miami to me is my sleeper team to go to the I don't think it's a sleeper they're a good team but everybody is picking the Ravens right now coming out the AFC and boy I think Miami uh, can really give them some go because they have a lot of speed on that team on both sides of the football, and it's going to be really tough to slow them down. Obviously, this is assuming that um, Tyreek Hill can stay healthy. Jalen Waddell's got a high ankle issue right now that might keep him out the rest of the regular season. Uh, That hurts for them. But that, to me, was a really impressive, gritty win against a good Cowboys team. And Miami keeps stacking some of those wins like that. And um, I, I love their coaching staff. I love the energy around them. We're not giving enough credit, in my opinion, of Tua Tungvalova. I know we've there's been a lot of conversation the last couple of weeks, particularly because of Cam Newton's comments. And he called him and Purdy and game managers and Dak Prescott and stuff like that. Game managers are winning football games right now. And game right. managers are putting their teams in a great position to make a Super Bowl run. And can we please – Take the negative connotation out of the, the the phrase "game manager" because I completely disagree with that. I think also Lamar Jackson managed the game on Sunday and and did a lot to not screw it up because Brock Purdy was throwing so many interceptions. So I hate that phrase. I want to take it out of the, the you know it, it shouldn't have any negative connotation. I know it. What, what, yeah, uh, I know lot. what Cam that, was. I know what Cam, that Cam was trying to get say, Yeah, but sure. but it's like. Can we give Tua some credit? Because he's playing absolutely phenomenal this year. He should be in the MVP race this season. He's been awesome this year. He's got 4,000 yards, uh, 26 touchdowns, only 10 interceptions. That is not a game manager. They would build a statue outside of Soldier Field if one of our quarterbacks had a season like that. So um, I I, I love that Miami situation. Uh, I love that team. And um, it's going to be interesting to see the last couple weeks here, the season – who is fighting for playoff position come week 18 and how that affects draft position as well we already know in chicago you know we want the panthers to lose out they have to face a jaguars team on sunday potentially without Trevor lawrence um which could be a win for the panthers but then also you look ahead to week 18 and they've got a bucks team who's uh resurgence right now and we have to see if the bucks are going to play their starters or ruster starters, and uh, that's going to uh, come be very important for draft position as well. So it all comes back to that first overall pick again for the Bears, even though teams are jockeying for the playoffs right now.
1: Oh, for sure, as Carolina sits at 2-13. and 13, um, Yeah, it's, it's getting down to the wire, and it's certainly still tight uh, with the AFC as far as that's concerned. You know, Baltimore had that big win against the Niners. Uh, Dolphins right behind them at 11-4. And, and then, again, the, the Browns, when you think about – you know how quarterback dominant the uh you know how i should say the success of teams is directly tied to all the quarterback performance i feel like when you talk about the nfl in um, this year that's been totally you know in flux as far as that position a lot of injuries at the position from aaron Rodgers to joe burrow to kirk cousins and beyond um you know look at joe flacco coming off the couch on a flight to cleveland and i saw that game where he went off for almost 400 yards against the bears and it's not a fluke, man. He's really balling out. They had that insane game, uh, you know, Amari Cooper as well against the Texans most recently. Uh, they're just playing good football on both sides of the ball. You know, it remains to be seen how threatening they could be to those top two teams in the playoffs and the more seasoned teams in, um, you know, Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills who are making their runs at the right time as well. Yeah. Jacksonville might sneak in too, and, and you know, the fight for that seven spot you know could be the colts could be the texans could be the steelers could be the Bengals. i mean it's uh, a lot could happen in two weeks that's for sure i i feel like the nfc is more cut and dry with their favorites uh obviously the niners took that loss but they're still the tops i agree with you ross as far as their personnel is concerned coaching a great defense um despite that last uh, loss and the eagles playing good football right now you know, could certainly be a matchup of those teams. It's the Bears fan in me, but it's also new uncharted territory for the Dolph, for the Lions, excuse me, where I feel like they're kind of pretenders at this point, despite, you know, going back to this being their their season of fate and having an 11-4 record and, and playing great football on both sides of the ball. I, I just don't see it when they got to go through the likes of a Philadelphia or San Francisco and um, Dallas looks like a, a true wild card when you know they can put up forty on any given week, uh, and Dak has a ton of weapons around him um, and a good defense to match. Tampa Bay has been interesting, you know, looking at like the the, the five through seven seed it, again. Uh, Tampa, the Rams, Seattle, Seattle's been real up and down. The Rams making this late push now, if they can get healthy and, and play good football, they might make it pushed, and they've been there before under Matt Stafford and, uh, you know, Sean McVay and the rest of this staff. Uh, It's real interesting right now. I know I I did want to go back to Cliff's question about is Justin Fields, you know, or is Tua better than Justin Fields? I feel like you have to put Tua ahead of Justin at this point just because of the sheer numbers that he's putting up and the wins that he's accumulating. Um, You know, and and he's got Tyreek Hill, who is an MVP candidate, who's insanely good, and then, you know, track stars in the backfield a better offensive minded coach. You wonder if you put Justin Fields in there, could he do it? But it's gotta be Tua right now.
0: Tua certainly is playing like the better quarterback right now. I think Justin Fields ultimately is the more talented quarterback. Um, Mm -hmm. Here's where I give an edge to Tua, which makes him perfect for that. um, Mike McDaniel, uh, Cal Shanahan offense is Tua gets that football and it is out his hands in two seconds. He throws that ball with anticipation. Mm-hmm. He throws it to a spot that he knows his guy is going to be that. And that's been my best, my biggest criticism, in my opinion, with Justin Fields over his career, is he just doesn't do that enough consistently. I don't know if that's just not in his mindset. I don't know if that's not coached enough in him. That's where the nuance lies right now. But you know, I, I do think that Justin is a more talented quarterback. And uh, you know, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens going forward. Like Robbie said, coaching matters. <laughs> you know, coaching Absolutely. matters because I don't think Tua is this good if he's not with Mike Padilla, and I certainly don't think he's this good if he doesn't have Tyreek Hill running around getting two thousand yards a year.
1: Do you uh, agree with Russell Wilson getting benched? Um, I, I I do.
0: This goes back to the the you know financial thing versus a personal thing. It's not personal. Russell just wasn't good enough, and now Diana Rossini just tweeted out 11 minutes ago that the, the Broncos will be releasing uh, Russell Wilson in March. So um, oh. add, the, add the Broncos now to another team that needs a quarterback as you, you throw them into the mix, and they're going to be drafting right around 9, 10 range. They might be a Jay Daniels team. They might be a potential uh, trade-up team, maybe for Drake May, something like that. Um, and then also add Russell Wilson now to that group, of, of teams that are go out there and, and grab a quarterback. I tweeted earlier that I can 100% see him um, in Atlanta. Remember who's in Atlanta right now? Ryan Pace is down there. He wanted uh, Russell Wilson a couple years ago on the Bears. He he did. Uh, he 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 was he was uh, really going after him hard until they settled on uh, drafting for Justin Fields. Also, Russell Wilson's wife, Sierra, uh, basically her whole music career has been done in Atlanta. She spent a lot of time down there personally. Um, that could be their next home. Arthur Smith,
1: Bijan Robinson. It's the and, petty in you with the future. And,
0: and, and future, of course.
1: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I love that. Oh man, that's quite a fall. You know, when I was talking about Denver a couple of weeks ago and said, don't look loud, they're making, making moves. And Russell Wilson was playing some pretty good football and willing his team. It's uh it's, it's a fickle, position it's it's a fickle league right so a lot can change in these last couple of weeks as far as the um few non-contenders out there uh dark horses if you will um but it, it'll be an exciting setup for sure going into this 2023 2024
0: you know what's, you know what's crazy too about Russell Wilson is you you talked really about you know quarterbacks and taking hits and stuff like that and boy yeah. he just fell off a cliff over his career. I think he took, you know, too many hits. Obviously he's not uh, big in stature. He's a very stout guy, but he's still about five eleven, you know, six feet tall on, on a good day. And boy, he just, you know, you'd have thought that, you know, Russell Wilson would have spent his whole career in Seattle. They'd have won two, three, four Super Bowls. And it just really dropped precipitously for him in his career. To now, you know, he's he's being released by a team. And uh you know, he's probably gonna be a 15 to the 20 million dollar year quarterback next year if he's lucky.
1: It's wild stuff. Yeah. Let's uh let's move on Ross. We got a last stream in 15 minutes of the last show of 2023. We'll go all over the place and uh you know, outside of the sports realm of things. I know you teased on the Twitter about it. We had a, a pretty good year in pop culture as far as movies are concerned. There were a lot of a lot of hits uh and we'll talk about music shortly, but you know what was your favorite movie of 2023? I'll just get out there and say, you know, the contenders were Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon, and and Barbie. I know you were a huge fan of it. Uh, <laughs> was there, uh, you know, uh, another contender?
0: Um, I think my favorite movie of the year was kills of the Flower Moon. I think that was a very important story to tell. Um, you know, appreciate your legends for as long as you can have them. And um, Martin Scorsese being able to pull that off, also Robert De Niro, who's probably going to get nominated for an Oscar. Um, you know, it, it just was an absolutely terrific movie. Um, I enjoyed all three and a half hours of it, just beautifully shot, beautifully acted. I read the book, um, but I love the fact that he didn't quite keep it exactly to the book. He put it, he made a more personal sp- sp- uh, story, especially around the the Osage County uh, Indians, and I just love that movie. Um, Color all the movies I love this year. Um, I love the killer, Michael Fincher. I mean, uh, David Fincher, excuse me, is my All favorite is my favorite director. So definitely love that. that's streaming on Netflix right now. Um, I love past lives, which is an absolutely great um, kind of you know love story. Uh, you know as a Korean movie a Korean woman that moved from uh, Korea to New York, but she still kind of pursued her childhood love. Um, definitely love the Oppenheimer. You got to give Christopher Nolan his flowers for the job that he did there. And then the Spider Verse sequel. The Spider Verse sequel was 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 in my top five this year as well. It was to me um, in a year that we saw a lot of crappy superhero movies, um, and you see a lot of like you know rinse and repeat animation. It was everything that was not that. So those were my my top five movies this year. Um, I lost. I also enjoyed Made December on, on Netflix as well.
1: There you go. I, you know, it was a, a down year for me in movies as far as what I was able to see. But I'll see everything when it comes out on, on streaming. Getting into the theaters is is tough these days with two young kids. But I did make time to see Killers of the Flower Moon for every uh, reason you mentioned. Firstly, loving the book, and then secondly, seeing that the story was picked up by. Martin Scorsese and executed so well from every facet to cinematography, acting, um, the sound just, it, it really, uh, did, did wonders to bringing the, the pages from the book to life and, and to the screen, uh, was phenomenal, uh, from, from beginning to end for sure. And, you know, looking at, you know, TV shows too. We got a lot of great TV. I mean, the, it was the end of snowfall, which was, was wild to see, obviously saw the end of succession. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and then there's still so many on my list to to see as far as beyond that, but uh, you know, Succession certainly, I think, cemented its place in television history as one of those top shows, uh, certainly in HBO history, but but in television, I'm still I'm still hung up on, on the way they did Franklin and Snowfall. That was a bummer. But don't sleep on FX, of course, in their lineup of shows. Um, and looking into 2024. It only gets better as far as cinema and TV is concerned. We're uh, we're, we're going to get some blockbusters um, and beyond that, 2025 as well. But I won't get too far ahead of myself. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah um, those shows, 100%. Succession was was absolutely amazing this year. Um, really enjoyed The Bear. Obviously, you know, it's, you know, Chicago themed show uh, again on FX Hulu. Um, I thought season two of Slow Horses was absolutely amazing. If you've never seen Slow Horses before with Gary Oldman. Please fire that up on on Apple. Both seasons are terrific, but season two uh, came out this year as well. So those those would be definitely in, in my top shows of the year. And uh, I'm currently you know still finishing up Fargo, which Fargo was is a, is a late you know entry at the end of the year for also one of the best shows of the of the of the year.
1: There you go. Slow horses <laughs> couldn't drag <laughs> me away. Who sings that, Ross? No cool. Ah, God damn it, but Cliff knows It was uh, a take on Wild Horses by the Rolling Stones Maybe I don't do a good Mick Jagger That's okay, speaking of music though yep. Talk about your top hip-hop albums Of 2023, and you know We're, we're big hip-hop heads on the show um, And it was a sort of down Year, I think there was a lot of more You know, if you talk about like the indie Side of hip-hop, obviously Drake For All the Dogs uh, Had a a pretty great album Where he just had every feature imaginable. You talk about Travis Scott as well, able to have a lot of star power. But then you look at like Danny Brown and Black Thought had good albums. Um mm. that I thought. And then you talk about uh who was it? West Side Gun, really yes. good album. Who can he continues to put out great works as as does Conway The Machine with sure. Won't He Do It? Um, and then Nas at a couple projects ending the, this magic series with Hit Boy. It's one of those guys, one of those artists who has just such great longevity and continues to have tremendous lyricism and great production behind him. It's cool to see, but it it was a lot of not so heavy hitters. There was a lot of like new folks you 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 saw out this year. I feel like with you know sexy red, and it was dominated by ice spice. There was a lot of the female rappers. I feel like gaining a lot of the attention. But what were uh, some of your highlights for hip hop for 2023? Yeah, I was
0: gonna say that. I think the women dominated this year. You you yep. also throw in Lotto. You throw in Doja Cat, who had another big album this yeah, year as Doja well. Cat. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um, my favorite album of the year was definitely Killer Mike. You know, Michael from Killer Mike was my favorite album of the year. Um, just a perfect, perfect album from him. Um, you mentioned Westside Gun was definitely in my top. You know, five this year. I thought Rod Wave had a pretty awesome album this year. Um, I also thought um, uh, Babyface Ray. Detroit rapper, uh, kind of underground guy, but he's he's emerging. And then, you know, kind of right up your alley, I feel like, um, definitely Larry June and The Alchemist, the, those, yeah. those guys, anytime The Alchemist puts together a project, but Larry June is, is one of my favorite rappers from the West Coast, um, nice chill vibe, and he put out a great album this year too.
1: I'll tell you who kept winning in, in the hip hop front of things too, as we celebrated 50 years of hip hop, which is you know somewhat overshadowed all these albums, I feel like, but sets up for 2024 with some new releases. Uh the tiny desk concerts mm-hmm. have been so good with mm-hmm. juvenile. Um, you know, most recently Scarface, if you saw that was wild, action Bronson. Just just go down the line and see Cypress Hill what they put out in 2023, it, it was a great celebration of the genre. Um, and it continues to just keep winning, you know, and w- when we talk about the longevity of certain genres, it feels like very tough sledding for rock where it plateaued. And now it's kind of just, you know, not, not as relevant as hip hop or pop. Um, you know, hip hop is, is obviously here to stay. And and I'm, I'm curious with Kanye apologizing to the Jews, Wonder if he's he's plotting that comeback now after posting in 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 whatever it was Hebrew or Sanskrit what what have you? If he's making that comeback, he obviously has that project with with uh, um, Ty Dolla Sign. Correct. Uh, Yeah, coming out.
0: Rumor is that comes out January twelfth. So obviously he's trying to do a little uh, do a little apology tour here, right? Trying to get back into good graces. I thought the Anti Defamation League had a perfect comment about that today saying we appreciate your words we we take them for heart but obviously actions speak louder than words we need to see it from you consistently to know that you've
1: turned the corner and so we'll we'll see right yeah what else you got for 2024 what are you looking forward to i know you're not a big resolution guy i think you know obviously from from our show standpoint and, and personal standpoint, we just, you know, continue to make those memories, take those trips and, and hopefully see a better bears football team in 2024. Um, again, like we talked about, there's a, there's, we're just such a, in that golden age of entertainment and music and everything else where it's all, um, you know, within your grasp. So looking forward to that, certainly, um, before I get your, your parting thoughts, Ross, I, I do want to say thanks to everybody for, watching and and listening obviously and and supporting our show on the barroom network um it's it's always a good time to do this with ross as we've been doing it for a long time we hope that you've had a great holiday season and and have a prosperous 2024 and good health to all of you
0: 100 completely agree with that it's the same for me every year which is um stay in good health spend time with your family spend time with your friends Try and travel someplace cool that you feel like you've never been to before, but also try and travel back to someplace that you know you love and you're going to be comfortable with and um, live life as balanced as possible. And uh, hopefully in 2024, we can start to see some some of our Chicago teams actually uh, have some sustained
1: success. We got to do it now because the robots or or the aliens are all taken over, that, uh, a headline I highlighted was the, quote, Tesla factory robot attacks engineer with its claws. Uh, and then this past year, you know, the Pentagon confirming finding UFOs. Shit's, shit's getting wild. Global warming and beyond. Sure. So enjoy what you can right now. Don't, don't wait. Don't wait for that trip. Don't wait for that opportunity. Go seize it. Uh, thanks again to everybody for watching. And on YouTube here, like, subscribe, tell a friend or two. The audio-only versions are on Spotify on itunes wherever you get your podcasts follow me on twitter follow me at the real 11 mac follow ross at ross reed follow the Barroom network at Barroom network uh everybody happy new year for sure ross how you celebrating what are you doing
0: like i've done the last 10 years in the in the house with the pizza and a bottle of champagne relaxing just that's how sick. i want to do it
1: that's the way to do it yes. um 4k is awesome by the way everybody in the in the comments <laughs> Go ahead, and, and, and your New Year resolution should be to uh, invest in your home entertainment system, get you that sound bar. Um, right. It's worth it, you know. It's worth it. Still see the movies you want to see in theaters, but, man, that's nothing Nothing beats. I'm sitting in my basement right now with my setup, and and I love it. That's where uh, I can be me, and it's just hit in the dark. Uh, for now, we see deuces, everybody. Be good to each other. Again, Happy New Year. We will talk to you all in 2024. So long, everybody. Peace. The